0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Welcome into the wanna Inquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Alana Inquire publisher here with you. And it's a little bit sporadic. And today I'm kind of doing the shotgun approach to the podcasting. But this afternoon, and it is Tuesday, April 21st, I'm actually recording three podcasts. Uh, So I'm not going to release them all at once. I'm going to release them over the next week. Uh, But one is going to have to do with the NFL draft and the Illini guys, and we'll dive into just more uh, widespread NFL draft coverage as well. One has to do with an Illini grad covering the Bulls uh, that we'll talk to. Uh, So we'll play that a little bit later on in the week. But uh, this one is going to be Illinois basketball-centric and so much going on in the recruiting world for Illinois and so many possibilities that was time to call up Derek Piper and uh, really explore the roster building of what Brad Underwood and his staff are doing. This week they get the commitment from Luke Goody, the four-star top 100 guard out of Indiana, six foot six, long, uh, has some athleticism to him, very skilled player. And Stephen Gentry leads that recruitment. And I talked to Derek about what he brings, and I really wanted to dive into the process. Uh, I'm a process guy, and. You know, seeing Illinois operate on this one, I, I thought was smart I, and I thought it was impressive of how they closed this recruitment. So I, I talked to Derek about that, but also talk about, okay, check one off. Whenever you get one more, one recruit or one commit, who's next? That's the question that goes into it. So we dive into Derek with that, but we also talk about how the class of 2020 is going to impact 2021 and how some of their targets in 2021 actually could end up in the class of 2020. Also, the transfer recruitment, uh, what is out there on the transfer portal right now that Illinois could be interested in. So we dive into all of that. And as always, it's a fantastic conversation with Derek Piper, who's on top of all of this stuff. Hope you enjoy it. Here's my conversation on Illinois basketball roster building with the one, the only Derek Piper. All right, Derek Piper's joining us. And uh, Derek, I think, officially Illinois basketball now tied with Illinois football for commits in the class of 2021. <laughs> uh, Luke Goody on board. Um, good timing and uh, we'll talk about it, but you've seen him. W- what do you think about Luke Goody, the player?
2: Yeah, I like the ad quite a bit. I saw him uh, obviously on the AAU circuit. He played up 17U at Peach Jam and was part of the team that, that made bracket play. It was pretty successful. So uh, good to see you. A younger kid contribute at that level you always wonder how they would respond and then uh was back i saw him in fort wayne back in january uh <laughs> quite a list of coaches up there for that game he played against caleb first who's a top 40 big man now committed to purdue and under was there gentry tom mezzo dane fife matt painter roy williams and
3: <laughs> um
2: goody goody yeah i know right uh goody was really impressive and um I think he had about 17, 18 points his team won um uh, and he did some things that you know he was tabbed as a shooter and we'll get into that a little bit um some of the knocks now you know they shot thirty two percent from three as a junior in high school but uh what he was able to do off the dribble uh, get to the basket he's got really good size not only with his length he's about i mean he's listed at six foot five telling that been told that he's about six foot six and might even reach six seven uh you can tell he's been in a football weight training program because he's he's filled out pretty decently and you can tell you can continue to develop that, but um, really, really good court vision, uh, very good passer, knows how to play, uh, unselfish, and uh, I just think he brings a lot of pieces and if he's able to uh, continue to get more consistent with the three ball, uh, I think he's a, he's a nice piece on the wing and, and someone that you can build a class around and, and as you talk to him, and he's a very, very um, intelligent kid, uh, a leader, someone that wants to to carry the torch for Illinois with this class and uh, to to go out and recruit for him. So I think all in all, the timing of it and everything, it it makes a lot of sense, and it's a, it's a really nice ad, particularly for Stephen Gentry. And we sat here and wondered how he'd do recruiting wise. This was a a really big first get for him.
1: Yeah, Derek, and I, I want to get into the process of how they landed him because I I just love that. It seemed they saw an opportunity here with, with Indiana and Purdue not offering, right? And with Michigan State offering, but how hard were they pushing? And then with the spring cancellation of AAU, I, th- I think they just saw the opportunity. And, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, just to push this, get this done. Gentry and Underwood play great roles and in, in, in making him feel like a priority. Um, and I think, you know, when we talk about breakdown recruiting, I mean, the process and, and when you push and how you push it, it is also instrumental in, in how you can land these guys, and obviously they, they like the player as well, but um, I also find it interesting that you know the two games he came were Indiana and Purdue, and Illinois won both of them sure. at home. I, I think that could play a nice role as well, but what do you make of how they went about prioritizing him and landing him at, at this certain juncture?
2: Yeah, they clearly did a great job, and also some things fell their way, obviously. And um, being able to win on the court and take the, the necessary steps there—that was something we talked a ton about as far as affecting your recruiting. And uh, I think we saw that. We definitely saw that. in this particular recruitment, of course, you bring them on campus for the Purdue and Indiana games, and, and those games don't go that way. Or uh, the Indiana—you're not—you're not sold out. or You're not playing for something big down the stretch, not a tournament team. Uh, I think. Clearly his his impression of the program and where it's going is going to be quite different. Um, so to, to not only to win those games, but to – against those teams that, that didn't offer him, and and that that meant something to him. Uh, he comes from an uh, Indiana family where Trent Green's uncle. Trent Green played quarterback in Indiana. His dad played football in Indiana. His mom went to Indiana. Uh, so to not get that offer clearly was uh, a big deal to him, but it's not like he didn't have others um, out there, Michigan State, Maryland, Iowa, uh, but for Illinois to not only show that they're taking the strides forward, but to really, really prioritize him. And him and his family had been on campus last summer for a visit. Uh, and Jamal Walker was was initiating that contact there. And mm-hmm. uh, Luke had said uh, in the fall, once Gentry started recruiting, he didn't really feel like Illinois was going to be a big player going forward. They were really focused on their 2020 pursuits with Adam Miller and Curbello and DJ Stewart. And, but it was once – Gentry got the job and it kind of it gave Illinois essentially a, a, a little bit of a clean slate in recruitment and Gentry one of his first trips is over to a football practice to see Goody and, and to talk to him and his family and ever since then Gentry recruited him harder than anybody you could tell um, over the, the last couple of months that his relationship with Goody was better than anybody else in this recruitment and uh, Brad picked it up for sure after seeing him in January and here the last couple of months and uh, he felt wanted by Illinois. He saw an opportunity to play in the Big Ten, a, a conference that he's watched, obviously, growing up, and uh, also likes the way he fits in the backcourt along with the Curbelo, who's a great passer, obviously, and then also another shot maker on the other side, and Adam Miller.
1: What have you learned about Stephen Gentry as a recruiter? Because that was kind of his big question, right? I mean, none of us questioned the X's, nose, and, and I thought it was a great hire for Brad to, to bring in someone he trusts, but his big question was, where is he going to recruit? How is he going to recruit? Um, I know it was just one one guy, but what have you noticed about him as a recruiter?
2: Yeah, just the, the effort level, the persistence, that's important. Um, the, the, you just wondered as far as the ties, and you think about Antigua and, and back in New York and the Dominican Republic national team, you just wondered what particular area, and maybe that's oversimplifying, but also Chin Coleman with the McIrvin Fire and um, had coached at Whitney Young. It, those are natural places where those guys can recruit, and they're known, and uh, they have that established. And where was that going to be for Stephen Gentry? That that was one thing that uh, that we wondered. But um, with the effort level, but also in talking to him and hearing, uh, as you you talk to recruits who who um, are recruited by him, he's just someone that's really fun to talk basketball with. Uh, a really really good basketball mind. He breaks things down as far as strengths and weaknesses, areas to get better. And, uh, you know, talking about the college game, NBA game, if you're a, a real student of the game, if you're someone that thinks about the game at a high level is high IQ and, um, you know, player development and all of that. I think Stephen Gentry is speaking your language. So, uh, for, for him to not only show how bad he wanted him. And I think he did a really good job really recognizing the family portion and what was important to Luke and, uh, getting to know his parents, and he took a visit for the Purdue game, and Stephen made sure that Luke and his family were sitting next to his wife at the game, and, and that really showed them uh, how much family meets the program and everything, so uh, I, I just think his persistence, um, he meant what he said, he backed it up, and, uh, and then again, yeah, I mean, lukes you, you talked to him, really high basketball IQ, and uh, you can see, you know, talking to Gentry, when when he talks ball, you know, you're going to listen, you're going to learn something. So uh, I think that played well with him. And, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where he goes from here, setting the bar high with the first one.
1: It, did Lante, did, did he do fist pumps? I mean, redhead from Indiana who can <laughs> shoot. Um, how's, how's he, how's he doing? Is like he going crazier in any commitment you've seen?
2: Yeah, Lon's really fired up, and we had show on Monday with Lon Kruger, who he says is his favorite coach he's ever covered, and Luke Goody. So um, he was he was loving life that day. He held it together uh, during the interview with, with Luke. I I wondered if he was going to throw out some creepy, you know, I've been waiting for you my whole life type deal, and and we might have lost him. But uh, yeah, he Lon Lon's enjoying it. I know a lot of Lion fans are too. But yeah, that's. That's what Lon pegged for for all this time, and only the second kid from Indiana to play Illinois since '85. Wow. Once he once he's on campus, that's uh, it's pretty crazy.
1: Pretty crazy. Yeah, uh, of course, redhead white kid from Indiana. He's gonna be build as uh you know elite shooter and you know guy on the wing. W- what are the intricacies of this? Because he obviously did not shoot that well from three. I know he told you guys he had to have the ball in his hands a lot more this year and. That obviously Derek will be different with Andre Corbello here, Adam Miller here. Um, so, w- what are the intricacies of Luke's game? Like, what are his biggest strengths, and what are the things that he's really going to have to improve upon?
2: Yeah, the strengths it's it's his size on the wing, it's his ability to just do a number of different things. Um, he, he can have the ball in his hands and play make a little bit. Uh, he, he's again, uh, a very, very good passer, great feel for the game. Um, someone that defensively still needs, and that's probably, that's actually a weakness right now, but, uh, I just think he's going to be in the right spots and, and he's going to be someone you can trust and, uh, and, and he's able to, to knock down shots. Um, I, I think he's shown recently, uh, a pull-up game he's developing. And that was something he flashed when I saw him in Fort Wayne. He can finish with either hand. Uh, that was impressive. Uh still want to see him add more strength so that he can continue to to finish around contact, to absorb contact, uh, especially against Big Ten front lines that that are going to attack him if he's able to, to get to the basket. But um, with his three-point stroke, I, I wouldn't characterize it as a weakness. I, I think that he's a better shooter than what he showed. Uh, and he would tell you that in, in his high school career. And, and seeing him over the summer, it, he just needs more consistency. There was one um, weekend where he shot 39% in four games, and the next weekend he shot you know, around 30 or a little bit below. And uh, just continuing to – you look at the stroke, the stroke was good, uh, getting them in the right spots. And, again, Andre Cabello is going to elevate um, everyone around him as far as the quality of looks that they're going to get, and um, there there is a decent amount to be said for for a guy that spent a good amount of time in his summers and definitely in his fall um, playing football, and uh, a quarterback that threw for twenty seven touchdowns, only two picks, and an eleven and one season as a junior, uh, pretty impressive. Just shows that he's a, a good all around athlete. Um, again, a, a very smart um, player whether he's on the hardwood or are playing football. But as he continues to commit to basketball he, that's what he's going to do going forward he's not going to play football uh, I think that that'll just allow him to to really grow into the other areas of his game and just kind of elevate overall the player
1: I kind we're kind of going to go this backwards way Derek because there's still 2020 things that they need to add and that's going to impact their 2021 because some of the 2021 guys might end up 2020 guys but Now they get the first guy, and there could be as many as, what, probably five scholarships available in 2021. And I know Brad's looked at the transfer market as well and loves his sit-out guys. But now you add Goody, who's that long shooter. Um, What are the biggest other needs in the class of 2021, or what is their focus as they really set their sights on that class after they wrap up their 2020 roster?
2: Yeah, immediately you're looking, one, for a wing to complement him where he brings the, the skill and, and the shot-making uh, as he, again, continues to, to elevate there. But uh, you need a, a really good athlete, uh, very, very tough, and, and that plays into the Brandon Weston, Jordan Nesbitt range. And both of those guys are are very, very high priorities and guys that could reclass to 2020, uh, they would take – uh, at least one of them uh, immediately, and, and that's something that's being explored, especially now that you have the the ruling come from the NCAA that they're easing up on their uh, requirements as far as because of the COVID-19 um, course load and, and ACT score and what they're taking into account. So it'll be interesting to see if those guys or one of those guys is able to reclass. Um, uh, they definitely like both of them. and uh, And then a big man. That that's still finding Kofi Coburn's replacement, and you're hoping you're doing that in the 2021 class and you get him back this, this offseason instead of trying to fill that need here in, in the coming months. Uh, but that centers it really in on Mack Etienne, Frank Kepnang. Uh, they have a couple of guys that they've done really good early work with. And also some of these names, when you include those two, Musa Sise Uh, Charles Bediaco, those are guys that have been in the reclass conversation as well. In terms of Illinois, I don't think you're you're landing one of those as far as that caliber, unless Kofi's gone, unless they're guaranteed to come in and uh, be able to take his place in the front court. But uh, Illinois and Orlando Antigua in particular set Illinois up really nicely to, to find that next guy. And the way that Kofi produced and Big Ten Freshman of the Year and uh, being set on their 2020 class and, and able to really get out and see some other guys and, and prioritize early, they really set the table for them to be able to to succeed and, and find another high-level big guy to come in and do that. So uh, in addition to Goody, I'm sure that he's reaching out to ETN and Kepnang and, and Nesbitt and Weston and uh, those kind of guys really, uh, really make sense for Illinois.
1: When we come back, Derek, I want to talk to you about The class of 2021, the guys who could reclassify to 2020. Also, we'll bring up Adam Miller and a little bit about the transfer market. That's next.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.
3: Get IXL now and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash audio. Visit IXL.com slash audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
1: Listen, uh, Kofi is was 20 years old this year, right? Um, and he's he's built like he is. Um, if he ends up staying in the pros, and, and, and I have high doubts of him doing that because I don't think he's going to get the feedback he wants to get. But say he does and he just decides he wants to go make money, which is well within his is right if that's a decision he wants to make. If they land one of like are you confident they would land one of those guys in a reclass situation if Kofi goes? And I mean, what would be our expectation for those guys who aren't coming in at 20 years old with Kofi's body?
2: Yeah, that's a really good question. I know that Illinois is fairly confident, at least as far as their options and the feedback they've gotten. Uh, again, selling some of these guys that they've built relationships with. And then if they're able to, to check the box as far as being able to reclass and say, come on and do what Kofi did last year, yeah. I think they'd feel good about getting somebody in there. Could they have the season that Kofi had? That'd be really difficult to, to recreate. And, and you mentioned it there with just the not only the – the age that Kofi was, the, the physical maturity and uh, the, the, just the natural strength that he had, uh, you wouldn't expect that out of a out of Mack Etienne, who just isn't that big he, and he's a little bit different as far as he's more skilled and uh, reminds you uh, a little more playing style like a Joe Kim Noah type who can handle the ball a little bit and uh, even shoot it. A um, uh, Frank Kepning, I think that he he is more physically mature too and someone that can run the floor and. Um, rim run, shot blocked. Uh, could you get a Musa Cisse, who's the number eight player in twenty twenty one, and is talking to reclass, and you're in his top ten, but you got to beat LSU or Florida State. Uh, he played with Kofi at Christ the King, and and has a relationship with Antigua. Uh, very athletic. He's slender, big time shot blocker. Yeah, I just think overall you would expect to get a guy uh, who it's probably top 100 reclass. That would be my, if I had to pin it right now, uh, in terms of whether it's a grad transfer center, I don't see anyone that I can really highlight right now. Uh, you taking someone from 2020, uh, who's not a reclass. I know they just offered Eduardo Andre, um, from Arizona compass, but yeah, I'd look at 2021 reclass and, and to take one of those guys and, and hopefully, uh, be able to land that, but can they come in and, Look, that's better than what you have. That's better right. than Jermaine Hamlin, or uh, obviously Georgie Slotting it at the five would be something that would be more of a factor for you. But uh, could they could they be what Kofi is, or even you know seventy five percent of that? That would be still a tall ask.
1: I think this is a good time, Derek, to sit here and go think how far Illinois has come. That one, you didn't mention point guard as a need, right? Like you're yeah. you're overflowing there, and two that a backup or your last second big man possibilities are early reclass guys who are four-star mostly, you know, Andre's a four-star kid in 2020 and all these other guys are like top 60 recruits. Like it's almost a, a moment to sit there and reflect like, man, th- this recruiting operation is finally one. Um, it's it's hit its stride and, and you can see how good, chin is with the way he's done in chicago and, and and elsewhere too Stephen gentry lands a recruit you get an early commitment in the class of 2021 and then antigua and just how much he resonates with these people and how much a, a winning season helps you um I, I just think it's i sit here and i look and i go man illinois is gonna be fine in recruiting right it's been a while
2: yeah no doubt and to elevate past the the early days where, you know, staff comes in and, and you kind of have to scramble and fill some spots mm-hmm. and you're not in a Greggy boy badim Mateeth Facile, even, you know, Samba Kane type situation. I think that says quite a bit uh, about the staff and, and they would tell you that's just time and relationships and progress on the court. You know, all, all the guys that I've mentioned, they know who Kofi is. They, they watched her and they've seen highlights and they know Big 10 freshman of the year, they know how Illinois utilizes them. They know a lot of these guys know Andre Curbello. Uh And so just to be able to to build pieces, to have guys come out and show out, you know, uh, Jordan Nesbitt is um, mentioning Io as someone he looked up to uh, coming up in high school and, and just the way that Illinois utilized him and gave him the stage, a bigger guard who came and was a stud, was a star and is known potentially and likely going to the NBA. Um, that's all helped. And uh, you just sense the momentum, uh, again, of being able to pull in guys when you weren't winning to then get to the point of winning and then actually go out there on the court and do that. Uh, it all continues to build forward. And uh, you, you can sense that, yeah, the bar is raised as far as, even if you are put in a little bit of a scramble mode here this spring and, and have to find a big that it, it wouldn't be what it was a couple years ago.
1: I don't know if I should ask you this, cause uh, Brian Snow snipe back at me. You're trying to get inside the mind of Adam Miller, but uh, <laughs> Adam Miller, do the Lante question. Uh, I mean, I I think he ends up in a line eye. Derek, do you feel any different? No, I don't. Yeah, uh,
2: it, it's it's. Um, I always say it's funny that you hear what what all you hear, and, and that's the position that people like you and I get put in. Um, as, as far as trying to figure out why, and I don't have the answer. Um, I've heard, you know, you, you, you see someone that covers Michigan say, "Well, if if I O comes back, then Adams going to Michigan, and that blows up on Twitter and goes viral." And then you see Jalen Green going to the G League, and, and oh, there's talk that that Adam will be looking at what deal he could get. And uh, the talk that I've heard uh, around the Atlanta camp is that Adams trying to set up some kind of announcement, some kind of I don't know if ceremony is even the right word to use based on what's what you're able to do right now, given the current circumstances, but some way to... Boy, he's got a slick that. video
1: crew. He's got a real slick video crew with him. Yeah. So maybe he wants yeah, to he do does. that. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> right. I can't get in the mind of these guys, but uh, like Io, he's very calculated in how he does these things. And listen, he shows up and does the work, is a good teammate and produces. I don't think anybody cares that he signed late or if he, if he signs at all
2: yeah for sure and I, I think it would help him to some extent if he came out and said something a little little concrete to yeah. to calm the masses then again maybe that's part of draw, drawing up the uh the anticipation and everything and he's got a lot of time to sign as long as i think the best way to look at it right now as long as Eliana camp and and people around here are not freaking out or worrying about him going anywhere else i think that just kind of let adam do his thing but uh, if this goes on too long, or goes on a couple more weeks, or whatever it may be, I mean, there's going to be ne- uh, questions that are they're obviously understandable, and, and we'll see if we get there. But um, as far as I've heard, there, there's no concern right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, Adam could end this if he wanted to, but he's not talking with anybody, so speculation will remain. And and you and I can't stop it, um, and I understand it. And uh, there's sometimes Derek in our business, there the demand for the news or any kind of tidbits outweighs the actual supply of it right and Mm -hmm. that's when people start sometimes you stretch for or you know third hand or (laughs) fifth hand or just random rumors prop up and it's hard to hard to do our job sometimes or sometimes you you just say listen he's not talking so uh, i don't know right now
2: yeah we've talked about it uh quite a bit over the last couple of years the uh, the willingness to say I don't know, or the willingness yeah. to say uh, no, no new update right now is is something that I think uh, we've been willing to do. And sometimes that, there's always the appetite for more. And what do you mean you don't have a crystal ball pick right now? It's just kind of funny how it works. But uh, yeah, we are where we are with Adam, and uh, we'll see. Yeah,
1: um, I think I'll go. So I think Adam Miller will be here, and uh, Adam Miller will have a big role. I I think Kofi comes back. So assuming that. Derek, that Io goes, he's a second round pick as we expect. Kofi, who wants to go, uh, but doesn't get the feedback he wants, comes back. What's what's the last scholarship? Do you think? How do you think Brad Underwood would invest?
2: I think they're they're still interested in a stretch four and someone that can play that role. There, there's there's been a couple of options pop up here over the last, or even a shooter. Uh, that's still something they're looking at as well, and. Um, as far as a stretch four, there's DeAndre Williams from Evansville, uh, six foot nine stretch four from Houston. He has two years left, and he wants – he declared for the draft, uh, is trying to get immediate eligibility, uh, elite, immediate eligibility um, average 15-7 and seven, uh, this past year before going down to the back injury. Illinois is one of many who's reached out to him, and, and he's someone that can, can definitely score, can definitely space the floor and rebound, um, someone that they would look at. Uh there's Trevor Lake still as far as a wing. He's six seven from University of NDD two. Very, very good outside shooter, but right now he's sit one, play one. And as Brad said earlier in the spring, I, I think that even a sit guy is is still something to consider uh, something that Illinois I wouldn't be surprised if they do. Jose Perez from Gardner Webb, six foot five, physical uh Dominican Republic junior national team, so ties with under or with Antigua, played high school in New York, um, averaged about fifteen seven and four this past year. So uh but I really personally am am still zeroing in on the Jordan Nesbitt and Brandon Weston situation mm-hmm. and um it sounds like and throughout the season we had heard and obviously Adam Miller wasn't shy and, and still isn't shy in trying to recruit Brandon to come with him to to Champaign for the upcoming year. And uh, Brandon is in, from what I've heard, a more likely situation to reclass still than Jordan Nesbitt. There's still something they're looking at with Nesbitt. And uh, he's he's blown up here in the last couple of months. And that'd be a very nice ad as well. But I, I'd look Brandon Weston and uh, potentially Nesbitt and still keep an eye on transfers. No, I'm not going to throw out Jalen coleman lands or uh, <laughs> even Francis Okoro.
1: Yeah, I mean... One, Jalen Lance didn't want to play for Underwood. He found that out in the, what, spring? He started a couple yeah. workouts, and they decided that probably wasn't going to work. Akuro, um, he was so raw, and he's kind of proven that way, right? And and I I wouldn't see... I mean, if he was immediately eligible and, and Kofi left, I guess you'd just want any kind of body, but I, I think his as he's gone through college at Oregon, his stock's probably fallen.
2: Yeah, for sure. Akuro. Averaged about three points, four rebounds per game last year. Uh, just very limited offensively. Mm-hmm. And if again, if you lose Kofi and somehow Okura was immediately eligible, I, he's an upgrade over Jermaine Hamlin. I think right. he could help you. He could, he could play a role. I, I don't know how interested you'd be in taking him as a sick guy. Uh, that would be something to, to kind of monitor. But if you were able to – I don't know, take him with a reclass. And if he was able to be eligible again, uh, I would take that over, over Jermaine, Jalen Coleman lands his, his shooting percentages weren't great at DePaul. Uh, it's interesting, you know, sixth year now I, I've been joking with some of my buddies saying he should go to BYU, go on a four-year mission and then say he had a (laughs) presence in college basketball for, for a decade, literally, um, and come back and play. So, (laughs) uh, that one's kind of funny. Yeah.
1: Um, do you think the the transfer sit out rule? I mean, Brad likes it, and you know the the Bowling Green transfer they're looking at could be appealing if you sit out, but probably not. That'll be very interesting to see how that impacts if if that comes through, Derek. If kids would actually be willing to sit out, or do you have even any chance if you suggest that in recruiting? It, it obviously would change a lot for a guy like Brad who seems to to like that. It's I mean it's worked out spectacularly for him. Um, that he looked ahead and and, and sat out Grandison and and Hutcherson. I don't know how big of an impact they'll have, but it's just such a huge drop-off potentially from not having those sit-out guys to to having to scramble here at the end.
2: Yeah, I think Brad would tell you, and he'd still hope that some guys would see the value of that. Some guys would still see an opportunity to get better and and preserve that, that eligibility and, um be able to to settle into a situation and, and bide your time and, and obviously learn the system and, and improve on what you need to improve on. whether That's getting stronger or uh, working on a certain aspect of your game or, or whether you're coming off an injury uh, just different, different ways to, to get into a situation. And uh, it, it helps you with balance scholarships and um, have answers when guys, you know, either graduate or go pro and, um for for Illinois now to lose Alan Griffin and Tev and the fact that they had Hutcherson and and Grandison sitting out I have to say that they knew last offseason that was going to happen but I think they had a, a feel that um maybe one of those guys like mm-hmm. you know didn't work out or, or just to have the backup plan I think that that um it has some value there but you know everybody these days wants uh, immediate gratification and uh, immediate situation where it all works out and um there's going to be the fear especially mid-majors but really uh, around college basketball if the sit one or the automatic transfer one time goes in if how patient players are going to be and I mentioned we had talked to Kruger on the show yesterday on Monday mm-hmm. uh, he said it's going to happen the rule is going to go in I know that a lot of people around college basketball said it's going to happen uh, it's just whether it's going to go into effect for this upcoming season I know that there's quite a few transfers and probably some that we haven't even hit the market are waiting right. and seeing if, if it's going to go through and if it doesn't, I'm sure there'll be some more that, uh, hit the portal and, and look to go somewhere else.
1: Lovey Smith will be happy about it. I don't know if Brad Underwood will be, <laughs> but that's a, that's a discussion for another <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Uh, Derek Piper always appreciate the time roster building, even in, uh, even in a pandemic never quits. And, uh, the staff seems to have a lot of momentum.
2: Yep. Gotta give us something to talk about, but, uh, yeah good first move, and we'll see what happens here is hey you gonna be played is you gonna be able to make another move here it's it's all uh all up from there, all interesting, but Lou goody, good move for them, and something to talk about and we'll see I'm sure we'll have a podcast whenever adam miller uh comes out with the news don't don't ask us when it's coming we'll we'll be yeah. telling you uh that's just how it goes.
1: Oh Yeah, that's definitely an emergency pod. Uh, that signing, he's built it up <laughs> to this point there. It's an emergency pod. Derek, until then, uh, we'll talk to you then.
2: All right, thank you, man. All right, good stuff.
1: All right, that's Derek Piper. Hope you enjoyed that, kind of breaking down all the possibilities in basketball recruiting right now. For Illinois basketball, as Derek said, off to a good start with Luke Goody. You get a solid start. You feel one of your needs. Now you're looking for that more athletic wing, another big man in 2021. But a lot of uh, that will probably depend on how they finish up this class, whether it's adding a transfer, maybe a guy in the wing, uh, maybe a grad transfer stretch four as well uh, that could impact the class of 2021. Plus, you could add a reclassified guy, whether it's Brandon Weston or Jordan Nesbitt. But uh, we'll cover the heck out of it. appreciate you listening to the Wanna Inquirer podcast. If you don't already, subscribe to us, rate us, review us. We appreciate that. Stay tuned. Derek's going to have a breakdown of all the big man targets that they're going after uh, that could be all reclassified guys to 2020. But it'll kind of rank those options, scout those options. That's coming up on the site uh, here very, very shortly. Always appreciate you listening to the Line Inquire podcast. Talk to you next time.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.